All right, what's happening, guys? So me, Ben, and Kenny are getting together again. We're going to be talking about um, national football. We're going to be talking about like a preview of the World Cup as well. Probably the worst um, idea for a World Cup ever conceived. What would you say, Ben? Agreed? 100% agreed. Anyone who listened last week <laughs> will know that I am all for team boycott to Qatar 2022. 100%. What about you, Kenny? There's not much to add. Like, it's it's an awful idea. And, yeah, but I gave up on the idea that it's not happening. So we have to live with that, probably. Okay, cool. And that takes the episode to an end. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. <laughs> okay. Boy, got the World Cup. Okay, cool. Anyway, so... Um, international break. So right now we're in the middle of the qualifiers and um, we're not going to go into Ireland anyway. Although Ireland had the beautiful, um, <laughs> I am going to say this, the beautiful, um, you know, we took part in an amazing record where Ronaldo became the number one goal scorer in international history by, um, I, d- I think he scored a header. I'm not sure. Anyway, it was, it was a beautiful moment. It was the biggest Irish <laughs> will ever get. Uh, do you know what looking through the squad as well I didn't recognise a single person which is really depressing to be honest but um, is Kevin Doyle still playing? is who? Kevin Doyle Kevin Doyle probably I guess I it's just know. a mix of this is just a mix of championship players isn't it or uh, they're even lower do you know what I'm, gonna act- I'm actually going to look at the I'm actually going to look at the bear with me a second I'm going to look at the squad I'm going to read this out to you guys because this is absolutely I shocking Ireland even missed out on the glorious with Patrick Bamford. Oh my God. That is absolutely ridiculous. Um, he's a good player though. He got an English, he, he got a call up. The, he, was it his oh, first cap the other day? On his birthday. Nice. That's nice, isn't it? That's good for he him. He score, right? No. <laughs> he, was, he, he just uh, makes everyone better just by being on, on, on the pitch and then sitting on the bench. I am a fan of him. He's a good player, to be fair. I do quite like that. He's a nice I think. He seems really down to earth when he, when he speaks to, uh, to journalists and everything. Yeah, did you see that? Did you see the... the, the they were talking... To, he literally looked like he was having the best day ever. Yeah. He's, he's lovely. And he's really smart. Apparently, he got like loads of uh, A-star A A-levels and could have gone to like top universities in, in, uh, in America. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's from quite a well of family, but he always wanted to play football. He made the right decision because he's, he's made a he's fucking up, fortune. He's in the world right now. He can't get any better. I'm uh, playing with the best manager in the world. You're, listen, right, this is, this is going to be a, another episode maybe, but you're, you are literally um, Bielsa's number one cheerleader, aren't you? I, I, think, I think the whole of Leeds is Bielsa's number one cheerleader and uh, rightly so. Yeah, there's no one who's better than Bielsa right now. Okay. I don't actually think there will ever be someone who's going to be better than Bielsa. Fucking hell. <laughs> That's a strong statement. Let's That's move why, on. <laughs> let's let's why move is on he, anyway. But, you know, one question regarding is like, why is he not like coaching any big team in his whole career? Because he doesn't want to, I think. And also because it doesn't suit his managerial style. Because he wants full control. At a club like Man United or Arsenal or, well, sorry, we said... Arsene Wenger. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Big club in Arsenal sounds a bit weird, uh, but uh, any other big club, uh, he couldn't have the the power that he needs to actually do his job. That's why he left Lazio after two days because they, they wouldn't give him the the power to do whatever he wanted to. True, he had total control at um, 
Was it Athletic Bilbao, wasn't it? He had yeah, complete control. Over. He controls, I believe, the the youth teams, how they play. He actually goes when when the A team aren't playing, he goes to the under elevens and and plays with them and and teaches them. He, crazy. He, he's crazy, crazy. So anyway, let's get back to the real business at hand. Oh, yeah, the, the island, the island yeah. national team. <laughs> so so we've got. I don't know any of the keepers, Gavin. Banu, <laughs> Bazunu, um, apparently plays for Port- Portsmouth. He sounds Irish. He does sound Irish. <laughs> James McLean. Okay, I, I'm pretty sure I know who he is. Um, Shane Duffy. Okay, know who he is. Cyrus Christie. Wow. <laughs> Never heard of him. Matt Doherty. Oh, yeah. He plays for Spurs. Great. We've got Harry Arter. Yeah, literally nobody. I literally don't. Adam Ida. Mm, okay. Troy Parrott. Okay, wicked. So that's it. A little trip down um, the worst so, international team I have ever seen play. I lasted about 15 minutes, I think, watching a game about, about a year ago. And um, that so, was it. So all the hopes are for the World Cup 2042. <laughs> Jesus, how many turnovers of squads is that? Is that two? <laughs> Not enough, not enough for that. (laughs) Not enough, not enough. Anyway, we digress. So I always find international football um, fairly kind of, um, maybe not boring, but always a little bit conservative and, you know, a little bit slower pace definitely than the the club football, I think. But for me, the the Netherlands game, I saw the highlights of that. That was pretty good. Depay scoring a hat-trick. did Barcelona register him in the end? I guess they might have, right? What are you saying, Kenny? Yeah. I'm not even sure, but uh, what I wanted to say is that I, that I hate the timing of this uh, international break. Like, this is every season the same. Like, you, you're just, like, getting in this season, like, and then, like, you, you know the team's transfer period is over, and then they just, like... I think what we're going to focus on in this episode is the German national team and the English national team. So, Kenny, I think we're looking at two... And you know what? It's not always been like this, has it? Because obviously Germany used to... Well, I don't know, because for me, the perspective, you know, the sort of um, viewpoint of Germany at the moment is they're very much a, a, fading, a fading force. Um, and I know that they had this um, quite a while back as well, didn't they? They really needed to redevelop the youth the grassroots, etc. Because I remember when they had Jens Jeremies, is it? Jens Jeremies. He was like one of the only, the only really highly rated youngsters coming through, I think. I'm not sure if he did anything anyway, but um, I think, and then obviously the, the next wave came through and you had, um, you know, obviously the Ozil, you had, um, what's it, Hummels, you had the, the Dortmund lot, and then you obviously had the Cruz, Tony Cruz. Is it Cruz or Kroos? Anyway, Crows. Crows. So we're looking at two different sides of two different trajectories. And just give us a, a rundown of the current perception of the German national team at the moment within Germany. Uh, yes. Um, it's quite hard to say for Germany where they are at at the moment because they're kind of beginning of a new age now because they changed coach from Yogi Löw who was coached for like 16 years, I guess, or 15 years, not even sure. Now Hansi Flick took over. He is the coach from uh, Bayern Munich who won the 
Champions League and pretty much every other title he could have won in this time. Uh, so he knows the key players in the, in the squad, which is quite important because they are quite sensible. Um, for example, Leroy Sané is one of, of those players. Um, he does have a hard time at Bayern Munich as well. He had a hard time at the German squad before uh, with Löw. So you can see that those kind those players can develop way better and like be just more free on the pitch and maybe in the head as well and on the mind. So they they just like it, it seems like a, a different team, a different spirit within it. So, but of course, you only played Liechtenstein and Armenia, so you don't really know how good is the team. What could they do against England, against France, against Spain? They probably need some time as well to to develop this, but. What is really good about Flick is that he is implementing a bit more the principle of performance again. Like you, you since years you had players in the squad like Julian Draxler, Julian Brandt. Um, they didn't really show any performance for like years, even if they played quite some games. So and they are like Löw was always like, okay, I I still nominate those guys in the squad because I know them or like whatever so they, of course you, you block the, the, the younger players with, with this kind of behavior so now you have really interesting players like Adeyemi from Salzburg he scored a goal against Armenia like Baku Wirtz maybe some of the people listening here don't know the players because they're quite young German players uh, playing in Bundesliga or even in Austria but they are really really good and some of them might end up in the Premier League in a few years like Kai Havertz did um He's missing his fallen squad at the moment, by the way, because he's injured. So another one is, is Jamal Musiala. Um, I, I would like to bring the question back to you guys. Um, if he is like known in England at all, because before World Cup, the no, was it what was it like the last Europe Championship, right? Um, we had the discussion in Germany because he could play for England, and I guess he played for England in the in the um, youth teams. And now he decided, or like. He was kind of forced from Löw and Bierhoff and everyone because they really wanted him because they lack a bit of, of young talents. So in the end, he decided to play for Germany and he made his move to Bayern Munich. Um, so, but yeah, in Germany, we had a quite a big discussion about this. So I don't know if, if, if England is like, has the feeling that they are missing some, some with him or if there's anything going on. I think that this kind of, this kind of thing used to be a real, um, not really, it's more of a concern for the, the club teams because obviously losing um, people like, you know, Jaden Sancho, um, losing Jude Bellingham. But I guess that there was a fee involved with that. It wasn't actually free. But um, I do think that these, these young England players, they, they know now that there's a lot of competition in the national team. So they, they want to take opportunities in other countries as soon as they can. You know, they're not willing to sit there in the academies, you know, not playing. And I do think that um, Musilea, that's right, yeah, Musilea, yeah, he's, um, it's very much from, from a national, from a national point, And I reckon Ben would probably back this up a bit more. There's so much talent in that England team that it's not really a massive concern because we haven't actually seen him do anything yet. He is, he is obviously potential, big potential, but it's probably more of a, um, important thing for Germany than it is actually for England. What do you think, Ben? Um, I, I mean, for, for me, it's like uh, a, 
a conflict as I think Musiala is pretty much like me. We both have both passports. Uh, but uh, I think England missed out because from, from what I've seen, he's absolutely phenomenal. And even last year, uh, his first proper season at Bayern, when he played, I think he, he made the whole team better and he seems extremely mature. Um, and I actually think England are missing this kind of player because we, we have a lot of very quick people like Sancho, like Sterling, Rashford, Greenwood. Um, we have very technically skilled people like uh, Grealish and Foden. Um, but I, I feel like Musiala is different in the sense of he comes more from the centre. Uh, and he, he reminds me of, of like, obviously this is like a, a, a crazy uh, comparison. But I, I feel like he, he, I think he looks a bit like Messi when he runs with the ball. He's very, he knows how to use the ball. He knows how to keep control of the ball. And he does some crazy things. Um, so I think England really missed out on someone, even though we have so many talents. Um, but yeah, I, I wish he had chosen England. And he's best for, one of his best friends is Bellingham. They played in the uh, under 17s and under 18s together for England. Um, and I, I'm really disappointed or really annoyed about Chelsea giving him to Bayern because I really think that's the reason at the end why, why he chose Germany, because he had people like Gnabry, Sané, Kimmich, Müller telling him that he should play for, for, for Germany. And if he hadn't moved to Bayern, I think he would have chosen England. Go for it, Kenny. Um, England and Germany, because Germany was really, really fighting for him, because they need him, because they don't have that much talent. And England, they're like, okay, we, we give him to Germany, we don't really care, we have enough other players. And like, there's such a huge gap in, in talented players in amount, but also in quality. I think England is, especially in the next 10 years, like a complete different level than Germany. Of course, maybe this doesn't end up in, in winning more titles because there's all obviously more to that. But um, I think from the from the quality and what is coming in the next years from England, it's absolutely incredible, even compared to Germany. It's crazy as well because the... the um even further down the youth levels as well. There's so much, there's so many levels of quality there. Um, but, you know, from the, from the, I guess the UK perspective, I don't think, I think it's a case of not really knowing what they've lost yet. Um, and they probably won't realize that until maybe um, in Qatar um, next year. So um, Kenny, obviously we got, go on Ben. Yeah. Well, uh, this is just like one of these typical cases where England are going to play against Germany at some point in like a massive game and Musiala is absolutely going to destroy England uh, and I'm going to sit there and be fuming at, at, uh, at Chelsea for selling him and fuming at Southgate that he didn't offer Musiala what Lerv offered him. I think that um, Southgate used to be really good at that, didn't he? He was, because obviously coming up the... He, he what he was I don't know how far down the down the levels he went but he he obviously knows a lot of these players in the in the current England squad so perhaps it's just one that you know the timings didn't really really mesh because I don't know how how young is um Musilea who's I think he's 17 or 18 he's at the same age as Bellingham but oh, uh, I, I don't uh, Southgate worked with him because it's been quite a while since he was the under yeah. 21 it's re it's ridiculous uh, how young these these players are getting and how good they are. It's Southgate was just honest, I think. Like he, uh, what from what I read is that he told him that he wants him, but he wants him to go through the youth ranks. And Löw went there and said, 
you know what, you're going to come to the A team straight away. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, with a young professional, if you're that good, you know, there's only one choice really, isn't there? Especially if, if you've got the passports for both, you know. Um, and obviously, I guess Chelsea, you know, no real path for progression, which isn't a new thing at Chelsea, I guess. Um, but, um, you know, he didn't really get the game time there. And obviously when, I'm not sure if there was a fee, but um, I think he, he may, may have left on a free anyway. So, um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing. You know, obviously the, the links between Germany and, and England, you know, players kind of swapping over has been um, happening for a while now, but obviously um, a player actually moving, like changing, I guess, moving nationality is um, is quite interesting anyway. So, so Kenny, back to the original um, original question. You know, um, what is the like? What's the perception of of the German national team? I guess in relation to the World Cup next year, is it hopeful or is it a little bit um, pessimistic? I think um, it's not enough time to be a real contender for the for the World Cup title. Uh, and in my opinion, it seems like they're focusing more on the next European Championship for 24, which is in Germany, because all the players you you get in the squad now are they are quite young. Um, they are good, but they are not like on the same level like Central, like Bellingham, like they didn't, this generation England. Um, so we are we are way behind the top five, top six nations. I would say, um, of course, it's still probably close enough that like if everything comes together in a, in a, in a tournament, you probably can end up in a final. Like you mentioned in Jeremy's before 2002, if you look at the squad playing for Germany there, you, you could not imagine that this is a World Cup final because it's absolutely insane. Like that is, <laughs> it's weird, but yeah. Um, so I, in my opinion, it's a bit too early um, because it's all only like 14 months left or something. The qualification is almost over. So there, there are not too many games probably going as well. I don't know. They probably have some friendly matches before. But I don't know if there's another Nations League or some bullshit like this. But um, So it's, uh, it won't be enough time. But of course, with Flick, uh, knowing all the key players from Bayern, like Kimmich, like Goretzka, like Neuer, this is a big advantage. And they are definitely, they will be better than they, they were in the last two tournaments, which is not too hard, to be honest. But um, yeah, you also have quite some potential in the players already being like 25, 24, like uh, Serge Napri, Lirosani, Timo Werner. They all can improve, I guess, uh, quite dramatically. So there is potential in the team, but it's not that huge like in France or in, in England or some teams like that. So I don't think we are a, a number one contender for the World Cup title. It's funny, isn't it? Because the um, I guess the age curve, the progression curve, isn't always linear, isn't it? Because sometimes a player can be young and they just absolutely explode. I mean, I think it happened with Gnabry, didn't it? It was it was it wasn't long after he hit Bayern that he just seemed to he just seemed to explode, and it just made me feel absolutely sick. Because there's a there's a seventy million pound player who Arsenal sold for about. 1.7 million or something like that. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, he exploded at the Olympics, I guess. He, he played uh, Olympics, when was it, 216? And then he, he was playing on loan for Brehm or Hoffenheim. Or, and like, see, he was not like going directly to Bayern or maybe he did, but some kind of contract, like just to give him a loan for two years. Um, so yeah, and then of course he exploded and he, I don't know, he 
like there's this joke like that Napoli scored more goals in London um, than than Arsenal since I don't know two years, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is depressing. It's not a joke. All right, Ben, um, talk to me. So, what do you think um, about obviously being within within Germany? What, what's your kind of perception of Germany as a I guess a rival? But also, what do you think their chances are over the next couple of tournaments? When do you think they'll come good or challenge? I actually disagree with Kenny. I think they're going to be quite good at the World Cup. They, they have a solid backbone, and the backbone is mainly consisting of, of Bayern players, which are all players who are absolutely amazing under Flick, who's now the national coach. Um, and they already have the quality. Kai Havertz is amazing. Uh, I know Timo Werner isn't doing well at Chelsea, but in general, this is a very good footballer or a very good striker. Uh, they have someone like Gnabry. They have Kimmich and Goretzka, who I think are two of the best defensive midfielders or central midfielders right now. Um, and they have Manuel Neuer, who's, I would say, the best, uh, the best keeper uh, in the world right now. Uh, and I don't see that changing. They need some decent uh, defenders. I think that's where they're struggling right now. Um, but a part of that, I don't see how Germany is not going to challenge for the World Cup. Um, yes, they didn't have the best tournament uh, last year. Or was it this year? Yeah, it was this year. Um, but they were also a little bit unlucky against England. Uh, Müller should have scored at the end. And unfortunately, I believe if he had scored, I think Germany probably would have won on penalties at the end of, uh, at the end of the game. Um, so I really think they're going to be good when they have some youngsters coming through. Uh, and I think Musiala is going to play a big part at the World Cup. Uh, and as people have probably already noticed, uh, I think he's really dangerous. Just on a side note, what do you think has happened to Timo Werner uh, at Chelsea? I he think was so he... highly rated. I mean... I'm not sure if he's suitable for, for the Premier League because he's quite small. Yes, he's quick, but uh, it's a lot more physical in the Premier League than it is in, in Germany. Um, and maybe just Tuchel as well as Lampard, they, they don't know how to get the best out of him. Uh, maybe it's also the Chelsea style of play that doesn't suit him. He was amazing at Leipzig and he was just running away from the defenders. Uh, and he, I th it seemed like he scored with every touch. Um so I hope for him that it's just a, a, a thing of uh, confidence and that he gets it back as soon as possible because he is amazing. Go for it, Kenny. He should have decided to play for Liverpool, in my opinion, because like Ben said, in Leipzig, with the, with the counter-attacking style of, of football, he was absolutely fantastic. Like He was just really, really quick. Of course, he didn't score like Lewandowski or like he did not have the percentage of Haaland but um, he was still like absolutely fantastic and I, I feel like Tuchel's foos, uh, football is is not really what he needs to have but even it's the same in the German national team um, he, he struggles there as well so I think like with Jürgen Klopp it would be a perfect match or like going back to Leipzig but this is probably or maybe Dortmund something like this this would be really suitable for his kind of play for his style of play yeah, I, I would agree with that because I think he needs what Klopp, I think when he started, described as like rock and roll football. Uh, it's just about playing football, being quick, pressing high uh, and go on the counter. And that's what Timo Werner is made for. He's a small, agile, quick player. Uh, and that, that's how, how he really shines. 
I would say that about Liverpool as well because yeah, there are their forwards are literally, you know, they're afforded all of the kind of, you know, they do have to hurry back and press, etc. But it's mainly just in the initial phase, I guess, of a counter attack because Liverpool have that shot suppressing midfield, you know, that block of three, and they literally just allow them them forwards to be so high up the pitch and. Maybe that's Werner. Maybe he's too he's too deep, isn't he? Um, I was listening to a podcast which um, which was talking about about Salah actually um, Salah on a on a different sort of subject, and it said that he's literally afforded complete license to just stay upfield because of the the work that the rest of the team and obviously having a supreme athlete like Trent Alexander behind him, who literally does all of the the donkey work for him. But um, he takes the most shots in the Premier League. He misses the most shots, but he's generally one of the highest scorers in the league. So I guess Liverpool, I am fascinated. They're an amazing study in tactics, to be honest. And um, yeah, definitely Werner seemed like a really good move, but he chose the money, guys. He chose the money. He went to the place with the big money, okay, at Chelsea. So it's a little bit unfortunate. He did the same before by going from Stuttgart to RB Leipzig. So it's not uh, a surprise. (laughs) <laughs> love it love it true colours and he's unstuck now anyway but um, yeah he's a very exciting player and you know maybe a move is what he needs but a couple of them deals that, that summer for Chelsea um, Ziyech didn't really work either did it so yeah I guess Chelsea do have a pretty good well they've got a big bankroll so they can make these big mistakes Arsenal don't really have that same luxury we spend 150 million if they're all shit we're fucked so <laughs> anyway so that's um, I, one thing which I will um, sort of think, you know, you talk about the 2002 World Cup and I think is it, it was the World Cup, was it? Yeah, it was the World Cup, wasn't it, that they won it then, yeah. And um, it's like the, you know, it's, it's something which is, is always kind of bandied about here and you probably know yourself, Ben, that they talk about the Germans. They just know, they know how to win. It's like this big cliche. I don't know, I don't know if it is, it's, it's something which is just wheeled out every time. It could be lazy punditry, but... They always say oh. the German, they know how to win. They know how to win, no matter how poor the squad is. But is they it? Say that. <laughs> they, they? they say the same thing. They call themselves Turniermannschaft, which is like a tour- tournament team. And that's what they are. Oh, really? Okay, so it is, it is actually a thing. Yeah, because it was like that team, you know, it was crazy. It was crazy, wasn't it? But Because um, that was um, closer. He was a... Um, Miroslav Klose, he was the he was a striker, wasn't he back then? Uh, yeah, he scored like his, I don't know five six goals during the tournament. But we didn't won uh, we didn't win the, the title. We lost against Brazil in the final just to add this. But like with this course, squad, yeah. it's like it's like winning the World Cup because of, on the other side, it, it's a bit like comparable to England at the at the Euros. We had quite an easy draw like from the. After after group stage, like we played USA, like Paraguay, like South Korea, so it wasn't like the big names we we had to beat on the on the way. This like yeah. is it was worse. Than, it was worse than England because England actually kicked out Germany. Uh, but the the Germans in that year they had the biggest look of the jaw, even in the group stages against Ireland and Cameroon. Uh, so that that wasn't really a World Cup, to be honest. Big names there, mate. Big names, love it. Um, I think that was the last World Cup we were at. So thanks for the pressing, me. Well, <laughs> Damien Duff was amazing in that tournament, and Ireland did actually quite well. 
Oh man, we did great, but we um I think we lost to, to Spain on penalties, didn't we, or something like that, which was really depressing. But we didn't beat we didn't beat Ireland. It was a one one, I guess, right? Oh yeah, it was one one. Yeah, it was one one. Yeah, says a lot how good that German team was. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's that's wicked. So obviously, key players for um, Germany, and um, San, you know, Sane. I'm really. Really, um, I read an article about Sano the other day, which said that he's not really doing very well at Bayern, or he's not really hitting. He's not as you know what everyone expected him to be. Um, he obviously had that injury just before he left Man City. Is it is it a case of you know not fit? Uh, maybe lost a yard of pace or something. He's not as effective anymore. Who wants to answer that? Uh, it's. Probably part of it. I mean, it wasn't easy for him because when he made the move to Bayern, like they just won everything, right? And coming in a team like just won the Champions League, uh, German Cup, German uh, Championship, like everything, like Bundesliga. So it's it's never easy to to like come in this team and like bring it to the next level. So he and he had like Kuman uh, on his position. So like it's it's tough. But of course, they are kind of disappointed with him because at Bayern Munich, they are a bit more conservative, like those like kind of players, like a bit extrovert. Um, they are always mm, a bit more criticized at Bayern Munich than like the Kimmich type of guys. Um, so he definitely has to prove um, all the money he, he gets and like... If he like, I don't know, he has a tattoo on his back, right, from from his goal for for, for City or for something. Like this is a bit too much for Bayern usually, so and they uh, they don't really like that. But yeah, if you're a, if you're a guy like him, um, then you need to prove that with the performance on the pitch, and that he just he just wasn't good enough in in in, in most games of Bayern Munich. This, this is part of it as well. But of course, like uh, it, it wasn't an easy time. There's a great meme. I don't know if you saw it. It was after Bayern Munich won everything that season. And a guy is like, he's putting some chips into a, a chip pan. I don't know if you've ever seen it. And it's um, um, Bayern adding Sane to, <laughs> to their team next year. And then the whole chip pan just goes on fire like, and blows up. That is absolutely amazing. It's hilarious, but it hasn't really panned out. So, uh, Ben, are you... Are you wanting to add to anything which we said or anything about Germany, etc.? Like, do you want to sort of make a prediction maybe where they're going to get to? Because obviously you think that they're, they've got a pretty good team. Yeah, I've, I've honestly believe like Germany could easily get into the semis of, uh, of the World Cup. And I think they, if they get the best out of Harvard and maybe also Werner and they use the, the established players that they have, like Gundogan, uh, maybe even Royce if he manages not to get injured beforehand. Um, I think they they have a have a great chance of, of being really good at the World Cup. It's weird with Royce because um, he's always well he's always been sort of talked about as an absolutely world class player, but um, he's obviously been at Dortmund for so long now, hasn't he? And he's never really. I I think he was going to move maybe to Chelsea at one point. There there was talk about him moving there, but. Um, is it just injuries that stopped him or is it just being in his comfort zone sort of at Dortmund and not really pushing further? No, I think it's really the injuries. Like, I think he's amazing for Dortmund. He was amazing beforehand for, for Gladbach. Uh, and he's a, a Dortmund boy. He, he, he's a fan from 
a young age of Dortmund. So I think he just loves being there and, and playing for them. And he was so unlucky to get injured before the 2014 World Cup because he was a sure starter for that team. Um, so I think in, in Royce's case, it's really just uh, a thing of injuries that uh, kept him down and he could have been a world star. I completely agree. Um, I think even Barcelona tried to uh, buy him at once um, and Chelsea as well. And I'm pretty sure like something would have happened in the past, but like in all the key moments of his career, he just got injured and not like just injured for to miss like one or two matches, like usually for longer period. So he missed so much matches at uh, Dortmund and for Germany as well. So I guess this uh, uh, blocked his, his world career. Wicked guys. So do you know what? I think that was good. That was really comprehensive and I'm actually really interested. I'm really excited about seeing Germany now because I have to say um, they are quite an exciting team. You know, they do have some absolutely incredible players in that side. And yeah, um, for me, as a essential neutral of the World Cup, because we're never in it. Okay. So, you know, I do like to watch the best teams and, you know, Germany are absolutely incredible. And it shows that even maybe when they're not even at their best, you know, the way they dismantled and Portugal, although part of that makes me think that that was Portugal beating Portugal a little bit rather than rather than Germany beating Portugal. But they do have this um, sort of clinical effectiveness as well. But um, that's really good. And I think what we're going to do is that we're going to take a break here anyway. And um, obviously, we'll carry on after that. So nice one, guys. So, guys, um, what we while we were having a break, we decided basically that we were going to Leave this as one episode because we know that we've been talking for a while. And what we're going to do is that we're going to release the, the other side of the conversation, which is going to be about England and a little bit about, not too much, but a little bit about kind of our general feeling about the Qatar World Cup and how bonkers it is. So we're going to leave this here. Obviously, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And now all of the links for Apple, Spotify, and Google all set up. You can find them on the website on the um, state of the game podcast.com on the podcast page and links are at the bottom. So do subscribe there and obviously check out the blog as well. And um, obviously we're on Instagram and Facebook as well. So thanks very much for listening. I appreciate it guys and have a good one.